The Halos remind us that they aren't a very good team as they played the Mariners the last three games. And if they're not very good, what does a good season look like for us once this season is over? We're going to share some numbers with you. And should the Angels play good for the rest of the way or should they not be good and tank? We're going to share the good and the bad and give you our thoughts. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can share the pod with your friends by hitting the share button. You can rate and review the pod and it helps other people to find it. And you can subscribe to the pod on YouTube and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros here with you. My name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. And when you listen to Locked On Angels, you know that we are passionate fans. We've been fans for a very long time. And while, you know, there's a lot of coverage of the Angels out there, uh, you're going to get the fan-guided wisdom, the fan perspective, and we do our best to bring some insight to you, to bring some good conversation to you, and not just crap all over our team, even though they've been pretty crappy. <laughs> we we want to bring something of substance yes. and possibly a little bit of hope possibly a little bit of what to look for down the road. Uh, Mike, the Trash Pandas got to play the Chattanooga Lookouts on MLB TV last night for free. <laughs> and uh, so we got we all got a good look at the Trash Pandas and the future of the Halos. But as far as being optimistic goes, well, a series like this Mariner series did not make us very optimistic at all. So if you couldn't tell by some of the tweets we had at Locked on Angels on Twitter, <laughs> at Super Halo Bros on Twitter. Yeah. It was not a lot of fun, Mike. And this series uh, just got out of hand in a f- big way, very fast. And the Angels drop yesterday's game 11-7. to Mercifully, we have a day off today, but yeah. we'll be back at it tomorrow in Detroit. But man, that was not fun at all. No, there's always a game like this, though, in the, the, the weekend series or a weekly series where the games are so close and we have a chance to win. And then there's always that one game where suddenly we can't pitch and yeah. then we end up scoring a bunch of runs, but it's on the day where we can't pitch. And right. that was yesterday's game, right? We scored seven runs, which we could have used a couple of those runs in the last couple of games. And we no just kidding. couldn't pitch. Tucson was on the mound, and he looked good the last time he was out there, but he did not look good yesterday. And then Mike no. Myers has looked good, but he did not look good yesterday. They were hit hard. Combined, they gave up nine hits and nine runs. And yeah. here's here's the big issue, Johnny. The top three batters in the lineup, Fletch, Otani, and Renjifo, were mm-hmm. seven for 12, five runs scored, six RBIs, and one home run from Shohei Otani. Now, that sounds awesome. Here's the next four batters, Ward, Walsh, Suzuki, and Duger. 0 for 13, seven Ks, three runners left on base. And that has Mm. happened all season long. We talked about this yesterday. There are pockets in this lineup that if the good pocket actually doesn't get hits and score runs then you get to the pockets in the lineup that are terrible and you're going to go three or four innings without any sort of hits without Mm -hmm. any sort of action and it just kills your momentum and yesterday's game was exactly that you've got the top three that are fantastic and then the next four 
that are terrible. The bottom of the lineup had three hits. Velasquez had two hits. It's about mm-hmm. time he started hitting the ball. But you have this huge gap in between, and it was Taylor Ward that left all three runners on base. You're not going to be successful, and you're not going to win when that happens, and you're not going to win when you have Duger in the outfield. I don't know why that guy even has a starting spot or a spot at all on this team. <laughs> I was going to correct you and say it's Duggar, but I don't even think it's worth it because he <laughs> yes, doesn't right, need to it be is. It's Duggar, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mispronounced Duggar? on purpose for just to be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I called him uh, Tukey two and two-thirds innings uh, yesterday. I thought <laughs> hey that was a pretty good one. Man, dude, I just am so frustrated at the fact that Mike Myers goes out there and looks just like he did before he went down to AAA or wherever all those months. And it's like, this is this is the guy you run out there yeah. in that moment. Like, the first inning looked pretty good, and then he gave up three home runs. And Jaime Berea, who's been really solid, gave up a hanging slider, and so there was another home run, and that just kind of put us out of reach, but it goes to show that you never quit in a game. Yeah. Throwing Mike Myers out there for nearly a hundred pitches and letting him continue after he's given up three home runs is just a sign that you've thrown in the towel, that you're waving the white flag, because if those three home runs don't happen, and if that Jaime Berea home run doesn't happen, seven runs is enough to win this game. And I say it all the time. I I realized there was a lot of traffic on the base paths, but a home run usually indicates a missed location, right? That's the way those balls fly out of the yard. And it was a day game, so I understand that they're going to fly out a little bit easier. They're going to carry. But I would much rather have a missed location than traffic all over the place. Yeah. And so it goes to show that if, if these guys were just locating their pitches better, we would have gone much further into this game and we would have probably come back and won this game with seven runs and even if even if we were down after those seven runs like when the score is 9 to 7 or 8 to 7 as opposed to 11 to 7 yeah you it, the momentum is there yep. right like yep. you ha- you still have a chance and you still fight and so it just really annoys me that Phil Nevin ran Mike Myers out there as much as he did i understand Tukey came out early and didn't make it through but why not put Berea out there for a bit? You know, because you put him in at the ninth inning. He's obviously recovered enough to pitch at least one inning. So I just, it's frustrating to me that they kind of gave this game up early and didn't even care about coming back. And the players certainly did. Otani, man, that guy had a heck of a game. Four for five with a triple, four RBIs, a home run. Classic Otani. And then David Fletcher, who loves playing against the Mariners, he had himself a great game as well you mentioned andrew velasquez look what happens when he gets on base yeah when that guy is on first steals he took second yep and david fletcher hit him in for an rbi yep it's as simple as that and if that guy would just stop trying to crush the ball the the time he hit the ball and got on base and first and then fletcher scored him little bloop to right field right and it fell in front of the outfielder that's all you need take a walk every now and then i just like uh, a voicemail from from Ken from Pasadena last week, he said, "Drives me nuts when Andrew Velasquez is screwing himself into the ground like a, like a drill yeah. because he's swinging so hard at the at the pitches." Man, it's just so frustrating when these halos throw in the towel, and then the the icing on the cake was Renhifo having to come out for back tightness, and who do they put in? Jose Rojas. Right. What did he do? He struck out. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, all, all good points, and, and I agree with you 100%. I think that this is an indication of why a Major League Baseball manager, a good Major League Baseball manager, actually manner, uh, matters for teams because mm-hmm. you get somebody in there that is just making decisions without any thought or care behind it, without any vision or strategy behind it. It, it, it falls apart, and Phil Nevin feels like he's just making decisions. Like, oh, that guy pitched yesterday, so let's give this guy a shot. It feels like Little League Baseball is what, yeah. honestly what it feels like, Everybody right? Everybody like, gets a turn. Yeah, little Tommy <laughs> threw 20 pitches yesterday, and, and Bobby hasn't really been able to get little in there. Tommy. So let's let's bring Bobby in and let him pitch a little bit. And you're doing great, Bobby. You're doing great, right? And that's, that's what this feels like. The only good news that we got was a tweet from Sam Blum yesterday who said that mm-hmm. Mike Trout hopes to play Friday in Detroit. He says he's healthy pain free and he's gone through his rebat uh, rehab whoo gone through his rehab and is a full go and it's just a matter of all going well before Friday so it'd be great to see Mike Trout back out there and just to watch him I know that he's not going to we're not going to go anywhere but just to watch him would actually be a really exciting thing and know that his career's not over and that his back's going to be just fine is really good news <laughs> yeah I'll take Mike Trout back any day of the week and if he's 50% the player he normally is then I'll take that too because we desperately need some life yeah. and something to watch here. And it, it really is disappointing he wasn't in this Mariner series because he's the uh, he owns them, right? He's their he's their father. Yes. Yep. <laughs> the the Mariners, Seattle Mariners, Trout. That's who they are. <laughs> their last <laughs> name is Trout. Coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to talk about if the Angels should tank or if they should try and win. And we've got some great stats and metrics to share with you. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Administration. When you're hanging out with some friends and you're having a few drinks, sometimes a few can become a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride, but you decide against it because you think, I'm going to make it home okay. But the truth is, everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. And the results are tragic and often deadly and you don't want to be involved in that nobody wants to be involved in that so it's time to really think about what it is that you're going to be doing that night maybe getting an uber getting a lift getting some help having somebody be a designated driver because if you get behind the wheel the police are going to find you and that's why they're out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads they want to save lives and they want your life to be saved as well so if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks think again and play it safe and plan to get a ride home. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Mike, you and I ran the numbers on how the rest of this season might go yep. for the Halos. But let's rewind Back to the beginning of the season. There you go. And talk about fan graphs and yes. their predictions for the Halos. They said the Halos would finish 82 and 80 mm-hmm. this season. And typically with fan graphs, they base that data off of the last five years of results or so. So mm-hmm. naturally, every year that we've had has been around 500 or below. And so it makes sense that they would project us to be somewhere around 82 and 80 and 
We thought that this was ridiculous, ridiculous. at the beginning of the season. Heck yeah. And then the uh, the Angels started ridiculously and got off to a hot streak. And yep. now we've lost a ridiculous amount of games. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we're in this we're in this spot now where we find ourselves, gosh, sixteen games under five hundred, mm-hmm. and and not in a position where we are really going to be anywhere close to being successful. But we did we did ask the question uh, off air, and we want to ask it now on air what does a successful season look like for the Mm -hmm. halos so i'm updating the numbers as we speak the angels right now are 51 and 67 Mm -hmm. and so the question we were wrestling with is so what do they got to do to get back to 500 Mm -hmm. and what they have to do to get back to 500 is they're going to have to win and be strong moving forward they're going to have to at least be 15 games over 500 just to get back to 500 16 games now over 5 over 500 Ooh. the rest of the way just to get back to 500 and then we asked the the really ridiculous question if they're going to make that third wild card spot what would they have to do and what they'd have to do is pass six teams and mm-hmm. these six teams are pretty tough teams and the best of those six teams right now as of this recording are six games over 500 so the angels in order to do that the angels as i'm now looking at this updating numbers the angels are going to have to finish and play really strong baseball all the way to the end they're going to have to win 34 games and only lose 11 that's a 733 winning percentage if they're going to if they're going to finish the season 6 games over 500 and be in contention for that third wild card spot all of those numbers just are a reality check for us as angel yeah. fans understanding that this season has not gone the way that we would have hoped and if we're hoping for maybe just a 500 finish to the season the angels are going to have to play really good baseball to finish the rest of the season baseball good baseball that they haven't played for the last three months johnny yeah it's been awful and every every time that they have a great series you know they sweep sweep the a's that's the a's right like of course that can happen Uh, i'm surprised that we swept them to be honest because (laughs) because they always get our goat same with the twins who were fighting for first place in the central we kind of bumped them out of that yeah that was a great series win because we took two out of three so you're thinking okay we won two series back to back and we certainly are competitive with the mariners we have been this season but then this series happens and we just trip all over our feet and tie our shoelaces together and watch ourselves (laughs) fall man it's just the most brutal series i think Honestly, this might have been the worst series that we've had so far this season. Yeah, I know that there's, there's been a lot of bad ones and the losing streaks and whatnot, but man, this series was just totally brutal. And there was a minute there where we all kind of thought, hey, they're 10 games back from a wild card spot. Yeah. And th- at that point, there was about 50 or so games left. And I just can't see it happening, especially no. when you run these numbers that 16 game deficit is just way too much to overcome it's way too much to climb back from yeah and they have just kept falling and falling and falling under 500 even in the midst of the losing streak they were still one or two games above 500 yeah but then they went into a free fall and it's just crazy how 
after that losing streak, and they finally get out of it after 14 games, and you're like, okay, we're back to normal. We can get through this. They managed to be, to get even worse. Yeah. How does this happen? Yeah. I don't quite understand it, and I I, I, I feel the, the frustration of every Angel fan because on one hand, there's all kinds of discourse on, oh, we got to blow up the team and trade Otani and trade Trout, and that comes from national writers who are just – Writing for clicks. And then you've got, well, Artie's got to sell the team. And, well, Artie's not going to sell the team because he's making money hand over fist like you and I have talked about. And then, you know, fans are going after each other on how to cheer for this team and how to celebrate or how to look to the future. But some people don't want to look to the future. They want to be bitter. And and that's no way to be a fan either. Right, right. And at the end of the day, it's like, yes, we may not go anywhere this season, but I'm just glad that we have baseball to watch because yeah. remember there was a time before this season where we didn't think it was going to happen. And in 2020, there was a 60 game season that we didn't think was going to happen either. I understand that it's frustrating. I understand that right now there's not a lot of hope. The product is embarrassing. The play on the field is embarrassing. And then it doesn't help that national writers are taking every chance they can to Dig at the Angels. I was watching the game on YouTube yesterday, and all the comments were, we got to trade Otani. The Angels got to trade Otani. And it's really frustrating, especially from non-Angel fans who speak to the Angels' problems. You and I, yeah. we started yeah. as a fan podcast because we wanted to talk about the Angels, and now we're here on Lockdown Angels. But you and I have also had conversations, and our followers on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and all that stuff we have good conversations about the Angels. Yep. We have great conversations about what this team should do. They're positive. They're good debates. You know, we don't always agree on everything. Yeah. But at least we're the fans of this team having those conversations. And so it just drives me nuts when yeah. people who have no idea what they're talking about try to chime in on that. So that's that's my rant. I'm sorry I went on that tangent. But I just I understand <laughs> it's frustrating right now, and I just want everybody – who's listening and and you who are listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube, like we're with you and we we love this team at the end of the day. We all have our different opinions, but at the end of the day, like the Halos are our team. We love the Halos, right? Yeah. This is a culture issue and and it's yeah. not a it's not a personnel issue. It's not a talent issue. This is a culture issue. And mm-hmm. they have allowed themselves to get down on themselves. And mm-hmm. they don't have Big anybody time. They don't have anybody that leads them. And that's why we've yeah. been really hard on Phil Nevin and we were really hard on Joe Madden and we're really hard on Jeremy Reed and we're really hard mm-hmm. on Matt Wise. Now there's been some good information that has come out about Matt Wise and how he has helped Jose Suarez to throw certain pitches and to throw it in a certain way. And so mm-hmm. there is some good stories that are being told about Matt Wise, but overall there's nobody that's leading them and and no. they've, they've changed the how are we going to win today to, hey, let's play well today at the bottom of the lineup <laughs> card, right? And so when it's, hey, let's play well, then okay is okay, right? Yeah. And this team, yeah. uh, this team needs to have a mentality that good enough is not good enough. And so right. I think that that's been the problem mostly for this team. Even when Brad Osmus was here, good enough was good enough for everybody. Yeah. And that can't happen anymore. And that's no. why people are saying, hey, you should trade this guy or you should, you should trade that guy. I think the narrative that I get really, really frustrated with is as everybody is saying, oh, they're wasting Trout and they're wasting Otani. I mean, I could fire back at any team and say, oh, you're wasting this player or you're wasting that player. Mm-hmm. Like Mariners fans, because we just played them. Did you did you not waste Ken Griffey Jr.? 
<laughs> because what did you do with Ken Griffey Jr.? What did you Ichiro, do with King Felix, Jay Buhner? <laughs> what did you do with Edgar <laughs> Martinez? <laughs> right, like you didn't do anything with those guys, right? Yeah. You won a hundred and what sixteen games, and you didn't go to the World Series, and so. There's a lot that we could fire back at, and and you're right. When you are watching the team closely, and you're a fan as you watch the team closely, you can see that there are some things that just need to be tweaked, and that's why I love these conversations. But the hard part is is acknowledging and admitting reality. Like It's going to be tough for this team to get back to 500 at the end of the season, and so a successful season maybe is 75 wins for this team. A successful yeah. season is maybe 77 wins, but that's going to be a lot of hard work to get back there, and they haven't shown to be able to put that hard work in. So we're hopeful, but this is one of those seasons where you just go, man, flush it down the toilet, and let's start again <laughs> in 2023. Hey, Locked on Angels is brought to you by Liver Health Formula. Did you know that the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver because most of our modern diets are rich in unhealthy processed foods. Most of us have overworked our livers and put them into overdrive and overtime, but now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients that work together to wake up a sluggish liver. Mike, you got to wake up that liver. Turn your liver into a toxin flushing and fat burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time. And best of all, liver health formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. And as listeners of Lockdown Angels, you can try liver health formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant. It makes it easy to just say no to unhealthy foods. You can go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of CurbFit with your order. So all you have to do is go to getliverhelp.com dot com slash MLB right now and get started. All right, John, as we talk about how the Angels have really struggled this year and where they're going to end up, could they get back to 500? There has been a lot of conversation about the Angels should tank. They need to just tank and they need to get a good draft pick. But you and I have had some really interesting insight and we've done some digging and we've Mm -hmm. discovered that tanking doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a draft pick that's a guaranteed great player for your team and so Johnny why don't you get us started here if the if the season were to end today where would the Mm -hmm. Angels be and then let's take a look at some of the players that were selected over the last few years in that range of draft picks. Let me start with a poll that I ran the other day at Locked on Angels on Twitter because I was interested because I had seen both sides of the conversation. The Angels should tank, get a good pick in the draft next year. And so I said, tank or no tank? And 36% said, tank away. And the other 64% said, finish strong. There so you go. The, the majority there said, no, we got to finish strong. We got to play it out. Tanking is for losers. 
that's not funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, if the season were to end today, Mike, the Angels would have the ninth pick of the 2023 draft. Okay. So, with the remaining games that are left, let's say they do really well, and maybe somewhere they end up is like 13. Maybe they do really bad, and then they end up at like seven. So okay. let's give them like a seven to 13 pick window. Okay. Now, the reason why we're having this conversation is like you said, not every pick, especially lower in the draft towards one through five, is a guarantee. And we've got some stats to back that up here and some names. So yeah. 2009, let's go all the way back to 2009. The number one pick in that draft Steven Strasburg. Everyone agreed. Great pick. You got to get Strasburg yep. as the number one pick. He was an easy choice. Number two, Mike, Dustin Ackley. Remember huh. that name? Yep. He spent six seasons with the Mariners and the Yankees. Not spectacular. No. Not, a, not a great player. Number two pick in 2009. Wow. Mike, number five, guess who the Baltimore Orioles picked? Baltimore Orioles, just trying to save time. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Do you remember Matthew Hobgood? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was Matthew Hobb bad, apparently, because yeah. he was a pitcher that the Orioles took. Never played in the majors. Wow. Never made it. And he was number five. Number five. Wow. Number five. Okay. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Seven and eight, Mike Miner and Mike Leak okay. got picked at seven and eight. Both the Mikes. The, those are the two I think I mix up all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then let's jump all the way down to 19. Shelby Miller with the Cardinals. He's now, decent. Yeah. He was a decent pitcher. He yeah. kind of fell off. He's had a good little resurgence with the, uh, the Red Sox. But, of course, we can't talk about 2009 without pick number 25, Mr. Mike Trout. The best pick, right? And he's 25. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I would say, if just by eyeballing it, I would say 11 out of the top 30 picks are names that you would recognize. And not all of them are like spectacular names like Dustin Ackley. So 11 out of the 30 picks in the first round from 2009, that's about a 33% or so success rate. There. Wow. So how about 2010? Yeah. The What doesn't change is the narrative that you're telling. I mean, this is something that happens in every draft. Like yeah. of the 30 picks in the first round, you, you recognize maybe... 12 names, right? Of course, in 2010, Bryce Harper was drafted number one. That was the right pick. Number three was Manny Machado. Number mm -hmm. four was Christian Colon. He played six years with the Royals and really stopped playing in 2021. Number seven, John, former angel, Matt Harvey. Mm -hmm. He was picked so that's there. In our, that's in our window, our seven yep. to 13 window. Yep. Other names that were drafted, number 12, Yasmani Grandal. 13 I'll was Chris that. Sale. 23 was Christian Yelich. 31 mm -hmm. was Aaron Judge, but he was drafted by the A's and he yes. didn't sign. And then right. he got drafted by the Yankees in 2013 and was taken 32nd. And so... <laughs> <laughs> same kind of same kind of spot, but he was right. drafted first by the A's, and then thirty eight was Noah Syndergaard, and number Jeez. seventy in that draft was Andrelton Simmons, former Angel. Jeez. And so, yeah, things don't change even in twenty eleven, Johnny. I mean, there's some names there. I would say of the thirty seventeen or so, you would probably recognize who was number one in twenty eleven. Was that Garrett Cole? It was Garrett Cole. Yeah, nice. So a name okay. that you recognize, Trevor Bauer yeah. was drafted there. Former Angel Dylan Bundy was drafted number four. Yeah, and, he's and not a. He's certainly not a number four. He pick is not now. a number four, right? And so in the Angels range, let's say number nine, Javi Baez was drafted yeah. 
number nine. And even you go as low as 18, Sonny Gray was drafted. And right before Sonny Gray, former angel, CJ Crone. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So I think the point that we want to make here is that you just aren't guaranteed to find a star in the high draft picks all the time. Right. Like if you tank and get one of those draft picks, there isn't a guarantee that that guy is going to turn out uh, a Mike Trout, uh, Bryce Harper, a right. uh, a Trey Turner, right? You go to 2014, Trey was drafted 13th. And so, yeah. and then you go to 2016, the number one pick, Mickey Moniak with the Phillies, <laughs> right? A guy who was sitting a buck 30 with the Phillies and now has been traded to our team and isn't really held in high esteem anymore. So those names actually give great emphasis to the fact that if we tank, there just isn't a guarantee like the NFL, or right. the NBA, even in right. hockey, there isn't a guarantee that you're going to get a great player because you lost a lot of games and you have a high draft pick in Major League Baseball. I think the other side of that conversation is the only way that you get a guarantee is probably a number one pick. But as we see with Mickey Moniak, that's not always the case. Yep. But if there's a consensus on Garrett Cole, Bryce Harper, uh, uh, Steven Strasburg, like, of course, like number one pick is is going to be successful most of the time. But the Angels are not going to fall to number one. They're not going to have the worst record in the league. I don't even think it's possible at this point. Right. Uh, but but the other thing is, look at some of these late draft picks that the Dodgers took in 2016. Gavin Lux at 20. Wow. Uh, 32. Will Smith. So what does that tell me? They they draft well and they develop well. Yes. Uh, 59 that season, 2016. Brian Reynolds, who is a, a Pirates standout. Bo Bichette at 66. Wow. And Sean Murphy at 83 with the A's as a catcher. So like you said, the point is, is, is it's not like the NBA. It's not like the NFL. And you're even if you don't have one through five, you still have a good chance of getting somebody significant in that seven to 13 range. So no Absolutely. matter how the season ends up for the Angels, I think they're going to end up with a good draft pick no matter what. They got to draft well, and that's important. Drafting well and developing those players. And if they do that, the Angels will be successful. And then if the Angels are successful, who's going to talk about them on their podcast, Mike? It's going to be us on Locked On Angels. And we thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast with our friend Soli, Paul Francis Sullivan, brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and shares some of the biggest stories around. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, get in on the conversation with us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels or on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. Of course, if you're on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Comment below. Get into the conversation. We love hearing from you. Hey, Mike, tomorrow is Friday. Yep. What do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Uh, we have venting voicemails tomorrow, John. Ooh, we have a few people that have voicemails. called in and have <laughs> vented. And so we're going to share those with you along with this conversation. Would you rather build around Shohei Otani? or Mike Trout? What would that look like if you were in charge? We've got some answers for you tomorrow on Locked on Angels. That sounds like a good conversation. Looking forward to venting voicemails. Venting voicemails. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. My name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we appreciate you listening to Locked on Angels. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you tomorrow. 